Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Duncan Holder on a Tuesday, November 7th. Jeff, two days I remember this day. Usually November 7th is election day, and so there's no presidential election or anything crazy today. But also, got to give a, a shout-out to one of our loyal listeners, my mom. Happy birthday, Mom. Oh, yes. yes. Happy birthday. Oh, Absolutely. You're such a good son. I know. She, and I, I'm, I'm going to be even even better son because, Dave, remember how Jeff gave a birthday shout-out to his sister and, uh, you know— gave the improper age how can we forget happy birthday happy birthday mom your 29th birthday remember that jeff women are forever 29 not forever 21 like the store like my wife shops in in the mall no forever 29 my just sister, remember that my sister pam told me she was very proud of her age and that we could say her name her age anytime okay so very good. Very nice. Go. I'm just All saying. Right. I'm hey, just saying. hey, you just got to know you know who you're dealing know, you with here. You got to know the, uh, the the relative. Like in your dating world, don't don't go and well, do that. That's hopeless. So that's not going to worry. We're going to worry about that. <laughs> that's hopeless. Awesome. Poor, poor Jeffrey. I, I I didn't mean to start the show off on a depressing mode for you. I'm very not, depressing. I'm sorry, Jeff. But well, no, we, we got a great show. <laughs> I said we got Match.com commercials. I'll write down the number for you. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, so we can't, but we can't mention the other. No, ones, I'm not right? an online date. I'm not doing that. Win a date with Jeff like, Duncan. You're not yeah. part of like Christian Mingle. What is Farmersonly.com. That? That's, like, <laughs> that's like the Christian dating no. site. No, no. Well, I mean, not not the strongest Christian in the world, and you're more of a, you're more of a Tinder type of guy. No, not really any of that. My now my my friend Josh Peter, former colleague, he met. Uh, his girlfriend on Loaves and Fishes, which is a Jewish singles oh. dating online site. One of yeah, one of my friend, one of my two friends who got married this weekend, LSU Bama Saturday night. He met his wife on a dating site. I'm not sure which one. I'm not going to give like the improper plug, but it, it's hey, it works. They, those commercials actually don't tell lies. Some of them work. Well, you're getting all the positive experiences. You're not getting all the negatives. Well, like not, anything. You're not getting like, you know, trying to find a date on Craigslist and it turns out to be a total disaster. Yes. But like, no, you're right. Only a disaster. Plenty of friends that have met their significant others or spouses through some of these uh, online sites. Just not going to be me. Anyway, I have no idea how wishing my mom a happy birthday. It's my fault. I'm sorry. With dating websites. I have no idea where that came from. I don't know. From. We get derailed easy here. And, and Clyde, we can't even blame Clyde today. We cannot blame Clyde or Jim Derry or anyone like that. Right. But look, we hey. can blame Dave. It was my nah, fault. <laughs> Dave, for once, is going to be the guy to uh, fall on the sword here. But no, I've got a good show coming up here. Uh, look, 
around 10.30, we'll talk with the LSU beat writer for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, Andrew Lopez. We'll tie a bow around LSU-Bama and move on to LSU-Arkansas. And my goodness, Jeff, I didn't even know Coastal Carolina had a football team. I know they had a baseball team because they have won the national championship. And yet... I didn't know they actually had a football team that existed. I just figured that's all they did, play baseball and hung out on the beach in Myrtle Beach. But they apparently can beat Arkansas in football, right? Yes. That's and, not uh, good. No, I don't think it's a good sign for Brett Bielema. And as we talked about before, these last uh, few weeks of the SEC schedule could dictate future job security for a lot of these coaches. And LSU just happens to be playing three of them in a row with Arkansas this weekend and then Tennessee and then finishing up the season with A&M. I think all three of those coaches, Bielema, uh, Butch Jones, and Kevin Sumlin, they need to win, and they need to win impressively, or we're going to have the Nick Saban factor again, everybody looking for jobs. And I'm not sure how many good coaches there are out there right now to replace these guys. I was listening to something uh, earlier this morning, and they were talking about maybe Jim Mora Jr. leaving UCLA and – going back to the southeast and getting one of those jobs like an old miss job or, or an arkansas job or something like that seems I don't like know. a weird fit doesn't it it just seems like everywhere he's gone it, it doesn't work i mean i don't know so it works for a little while but doesn't work well enough so i, I don't know another retread I, i'm not i'm not sure but look we'll talk with andrew lopez about that around 10 45 we will have our old buddy colleague our old colleague former colleague now he covers the jacksonville jaguars for the Jacksonville Times Union, John Reed will join us. We'll t- chat with him, of course, about Leonard Fournette, his great rookie season, and why on planet Earth he was inactive last week. Totally bizarre, totally ruining fantasy football owners' lives. It's an interesting and curious thing that's going on over there, and yet they're winning. They're one of the are there aren't they in first place in the AFC South? That's amazing in and of itself. Yeah, that's not the greatest accomplishment. That's a bad division. It's like being the world's fastest race walker or something. But they um, are playing well. They're one of the surprise teams in the league. And former Saints assistant Doug Marone's the head coach there. Former Times Picayune employee. I'm going to bring it up every time we talk about Doug Marone. Absolutely, and John Reed. So hey, they're all former yeah, former. <laughs> Lots of New Orleans connections down there. Exactly. So Jacksonville, 5-3. and three. Uh, They have one of the better defenses in the NFL. But we want to talk about Leonard Fournette. And look, around 11-20, Dave, uh, you better get ready because Herbie's going to come in hot wanting his music request. Herbie Teope, NOLA.com, and the Times-Picayune Saints beat writer is going to join us. Is, is he a Nickelback fan too? 11-20. He is a, a fan of cheesy music, so I don't think you can really go wrong. All right. But he's going to want his Game of Thrones. You know him. Return of the Mac. All of his <laughs> wacky requests. You, 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 you've had to deal with Diva Herbie on this subject yeah, before. Yeah, I got him covered. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, And then uh, top of the 11 o'clock hour, we're also here from Sean Payton, uh, part of his Monday conference call. That went on during our show yesterday. We'll play some of the interesting sound bites there. But, look, hey. It's amazing. First segment. We're already getting phone callers. Brother already has his own music. Brother and Metairie. I mean, he's rearing ready to go. I think he tried to call in about five or six times yesterday. Missed his opportunity. And damn it, he's going to get in right off the bat before we even get started. What's up, brother? Thanks for calling I'm the not show. Gonna, I'm not- 
I'm not even getting left out today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I must have announced your name four times, and we're like, brother's gone again. I said, what is he doing? I don't know. What is he playing, Frogger in traffic? I have no idea. No, I had a problem. I'm sorry. I apologize for that, okay? Uh, All good. I, it's a very good time to be a Saints fan. I hope this train just keeps rolling. Every The Mondays feel beautiful. I just hope the injuries are not as bad as what, you know, we lost a couple of players left the field. I just hope, I know you all probably don't know much about what happened, but, you know, injury-wise, but I hope they're not hurt too bad. But, uh, yeah, yeah, brother, I, I agree. Look, it is a obviously some good times here in new orleans and yet the injuries are mounting and it's it's a big concern look we already know that delvin bros had a setback so you're not going to anticipate him coming back in the immediate future uh, larry warford's hurt uh sack streep's on ir uh, teron armstead has an mri on his chest we don't know the results but all i do know is that they reclaimed Bryce Harris off waivers from the 49ers, so that should tell you something there that they might not be with. Uh, they might not have Teron Armstead at least in the very immediate future. And he just came back, you know. I mean, they just got him back and were really kind of solidified up front. And once again, the merry-go-round continues on the offensive line. And look, I'm there's a lot of whispers out there about Delvin Bro. We don't know what his status is, but a lot of people concerned he might be out for the season. And whatever setback he's had clearly um, is not good for the Saints secondary. Absolutely not. And then you also look at Kenny Vaccaro. He left the game. What are they going to do there? Look, P.J. Williams got some playing time. Chris Banjo got some playing time. We're going to certainly have to monitor what's going on with Kenny Vaccaro, Larry Warford as well. So the fact that we're spouting off all these things, to me, just even shows how gritty this Saints team is right now. Uh, Six and two, six-game win streak. And, Jeff, if you watched – any of the Monday ESPN shows, I don't know how much you watch it. I just happened to put them on. I was working and uh, doing a column for later in the week, and I just had them on as kind of background noise. And, you know, everyone's talking about the NFC elite, and it's always Eagles, it's Rams. And then, like, later on in the show, they'll say, oh, well, the Saints, they've won six in a row. Should we buy in? It's literally kind of maybe – I'm going to take credit. Piggybacking off the column that I wrote because I said you should go all in and people are kind of iffy, say, like on PTI or around the horn or or even on, say, the NFL live shows that people are still wary of buying into the Saints even though they've won six in a row. Yeah, they haven't seen the team weekly like we have and seen the progress on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's legitimate. It's not a fluky thing. And uh, they haven't seen the running games development and the offensive line. So they're just – I think warming nationally to the Saints. Peter King finally got around to uh, having a, a nice segment on them in his Monday morning quarterback. Andy Benoit of uh, Sports Illustrated also with a nice in-depth piece. So people are catching on. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a lack of of um, confidence in them. I just think that there's been more spectacular turnarounds in Los Angeles. We talked about Jacksonville, Philadelphia coming out of nowhere. Those stories are getting the, the play nationally just because – they were as big. They're as big a surprises as the Saints right now. Yeah, and you've got all these other storylines nationally with Ezekiel Elliott, and they're overcoming that in Dallas. And Dallas, of course, gets a big win against Kansas City, and they're five and three and still in the mix. So yeah, those blue blood and bigger markets are going to get the play. And even though Drew Brees is one of the most recognizable players in the NFL, 
uh, he doesn't drive the meter as much as these big markets with bigger storylines. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. The Rams are one of the... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. These stories of the NFL, you've got very much a very similar storyline to what happened here in New Orleans in 2006. A bright, young, offensive mind, young coach. What is, what is Sean McVay? 36 or 38? I think he's 31. 31? Okay. Gosh, yes. he's even younger than I thought. Yeah. 31 years old turning around a, a team that hadn't been there in, in decades in the second largest market or third largest market in the country, uh, yeah, that's going to get some attention, especially how spectacular the turnaround has been offensively. And then you got this cover boy young quarterback as well, and that's also happening in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. So those storylines are, are going to generate the national headlines. They'll get around to New Orleans, but those are going to come first. I think the Saints – honestly should be good with it I know some of the players on Twitter you know they chirp they see a stat and uh, wondering oh well you know why am I not getting this credit and or when they get credit hey well you know we kind of deserve bigger credit and I get that because they're playing very well and you and me particularly try to boast as much as we can and I I'm not going to play egomaniac here but on the national scope when they look to okay who covers the Saints uh, who's the authority, of course, the times Picayune? Who are, who are the names that have covered the team the longest? Larry Holder and Jeff Duncan. So they will read what we're writing, but it's that's all they're doing. They're not sitting there watching them in games and all, all these studio shows. They're not getting the same perspective that you and me try to provide and try to kind of get out there and say, look, this is the story. Uh, everyone sh- should start paying attention to this. And I agree with you, Larry. I don't think the players – I mean – there's a, a side of them that wants some notoriety. It helps them get Pro Bowl, you know, notoriety down the road, things like that. But for the most part, this team's been locked in and focused all year and really is flying under the radar. They did that all training camp. I mean, we didn't see hardly any national riders in New Orleans to start this season. In training camp, they're not on national TV very often this year, probably as, as few of appearances as we've seen uh, in the last 12 years under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And that's a shame because this team's fun to watch. They can win a lot of ways. They still have Drew Brees. They've got emerging stars and Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Uh, so that game in a couple weeks against L.A. is going to be, in my opinion, one of the best games of the NFL season, and it's not going to be a national broadcast. Yeah, and a lot of people want to look at, okay, the Saints have this all this success, but when will people buy in? I feel like you need a massive barometer game to do that. And I'll just reference back to 2009. The Saints were undefeated, but the barometer game was when you you made Bill Belichick and Tom Brady uh, wave the white flag and quit, and they beat up the New England Patriots. The Rams, I get it's a barometer game because the Rams are playing well. But to me, I could even see how – might, people might shy away from that game as being a barometer game because, what, they've done it this one year and have been kind of just mediocre and not very good for how many years now? So 
it's we it's it's hard for me to say, oh boy, if the Saints win that game, boy, they're in. I, I'm just gonna say, look, I think they're good enough. They're in now, and you just see where the chips fall later on down the season. Yeah, there's so many other storylines. I mean, Minnesota's having a very good year, and they beat the Saints in the opener. A lot of people saw that on Monday Night Football. So I, I still think there's a little bit of a lack of buy-in. They haven't really beaten anybody during this stretch because of. Aaron Rodgers being down, we saw them uh, the Packers lose again at home last night on Monday Night Football and looked bad doing it. So I think the jury's still out in some ways on this Saints team as far as how how big of a contender are they? Where are they at? We we know that they're probably going to be a playoff team this year or should unless the wheels fall off. But wh- what does that mean? Does that mean they're one and done? Or can they actually make a run at, say, the NFC title game? Hey, I think it's wide open still as we're at the midpoint of the season. Yes. And, look, let's take a break right here on the show. And, Jeff, the FedEx Weekly Awards, you know, they have the uh, Air and Ground Award nominees right. coming out uh, today. And uh, Drew Brees isn't in the Air Awards, so we're not going to mention him. But part of the Ground Awards, Ezekiel Elliott. Adrian Peterson, Alvin Kamara. They're the three nominees. The Saints never needed Adrian Peterson. I'm just going to keep saying that. They really didn't. No, they don't need him. They never needed him. Didn't need him now. Don't need him. Didn't need him three months ago. Never needed him. Hey, that's worked out for everybody. That's worked out. I mean, they paid a little extra money, obviously. A few million dollars, but... um... Certainly, Adrian Peterson's been a big boon. I'm, I'm not bought into the Cardinals all year, and I'm starting to buy in a little bit. I wouldn't go that far quite yet. They've still got a top Seattle and Los Angeles. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So don't forget Andrew Lopez talking LSU in about 10 minutes or so. We'll talk Leonard Fournette and the Jacksonville Jaguars around 1045 with John Reed from the Jacksonville Times Union. Herbie Teope will talk Saints around 1120. So come on back. Sports 1280, NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. Duncan Holder. This is Duncan Holder on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back. Larry Holder, Jeff Duncan here with you in our NOLA.com Times Picayune studios. And Jeff, the college football Playoff rankings come out later on this evening. We could assume we know one, two, and three. I don't think Georgia's going to fall. I don't think Alabama's going to fall this week. And I don't think Notre Dame's going anywhere this week. But, boy, you you start looking at kind of the future. Look, some teams are going to take each other out. And, uh, look, we talked about Miami last week, how they could creep up there. Uh, But the one team who I think could finish undefeated and miss out on this whole thing could be someone like Wisconsin. They don't. Their schedule's not that tough. They don't have these big major wins. And I'm curious to see if, say, it pans out if Alabama and Georgia both get in, and if Notre Dame stays the course, you might have two or three of the power conferences just totally left out of this thing. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, Dennis Dodd last week mentioned Wisconsin as one of the teams that he thinks can sneak in there. And you start to look at their schedule – I think it's a very real possibility, and who would have thought that? I mean, they've been completely off the radar all season long. Uh, and I think however this falls out between Georgia and Alabama, it looks like they're both going to go unbeaten uh, unless Alabama trips up at Auburn. And I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. 
then uh, that's going to throw a wrench in it. Say, what what if this happens? What if Auburn upsets Alabama? Alabama still makes it somehow makes it to the SEC championship game, and then they beat Georgia. Then you've got all one loss SEC teams. How does that play into the rankings with some other unbeaten teams? It would be quite uh, a wild final stretch. And look, we've seen final wild stretches in BCS era when you only had two spots, but it could be a total toss up. And look, look at this marquee matchup this week Oklahoma, TCU. Both are eight and one. The winner there, you think, could propel themselves into the conversation. And look, Miami's going to play Notre Dame at some point, and Clemson's still lurking around. And uh, but yeah, Auburn could really be the big spoiler. What if they somehow beat Georgia or Alabama? Any of those two, you never know. But it's it's something that you see these college polls and and where they go for now. Look, and LSU's out of the conversation, obviously. LSU's just trying to get to a New Year's Day bowl at some somehow. Uh, and we'll talk with Lo, Andrew Lopez uh, about maybe the possibility going forward after losing to Alabama. But you look at this, and this thing is so still wide open. And whenever Notre Dame's in the mix, it always kind of throws a wrench into the old Power Five conferences. I'm sure. I'm sure they love when Notre Dame is actually worth a damn and throws their nose into things and muddies the water all up for everybody else. Well, look, I like this system better than what we had before, but I still think it's completely inadequate i think they need to have a 16 game playoff just like one double a does let's get everybody in the mix the difference between some of these teams that we're talking about no one really knows these one law if we have a bunch of one loss teams there's no way to know unless they play each other so this beauty contest way of picking teams uh the perception game that plays into it is inadequate and it's been that way for a long time and i've never understood why every other division of college football can play a playoff with 16 teams and yet 1A can't. It makes no sense to me. And no one's ever made an argument that makes any sense to me other than the Bulls make a ton of money for everybody and they have a lobbying power to keep themselves relevant. That's the only reason, of course. That's it. Of course that's it. That's it. And look, I love the Sugar Bowl here. They've done a ton of great things over the years. There's a way they could incorporate it in like they've done – with the college football playoff and keep them in the in the mix and keep make this thing a real playoff. Can you imagine how much money would be bid by a network for a 16 game college football playoff? It would be massive. I would just say even 8. You add one more round yeah, to it. I want it. 16. I don't want I 8. Know. I, I know. I know you want you want from the beginning of the year just no, all brackets. They have 16 and 1 double A. Why 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 what what's the problem? They've done it forever. These schools are like those Kids aren't going to class. They're probably going to more classes than the the elite schools are going to. It, it, to me, it's 16 teams gets all the other conferences involved. And that's one of my big beefs. If you go to eight, it's going to be all power five teams. Let's, let's include the American Athletic Conference champion in there. You let's, want UCF in. Yes, I want Memphis or somebody. I want to see them play. Why not? Why are you legislating them out of the your, – your, it's a country club and you can't be a member. That's what you're saying. I don't like that. Jeff, I'm not going to disagree with your point for once. I mean, I'm not going to do it for once. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Let's take a break right here on the show. We'll talk more about bowl possibilities coming up uh, for LSU as uh, they take on Arkansas this week and tie a bow on the LSU-Bama loss, uh, at least the loss by LSU to Alabama. With Andrew Lopez, LSU beat writer for NOLA.com and the Times Speaking. Coming up next 
here on Sports1280NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. We're Duncan Holder. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You gotta keep them separated. Our All-Stars bring you the inside knowledge for your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Duncan Holder. Joining us right now on the show, Andrew Lopez, NOLA.com, Times Picune, LSU beat writer. And Lopes, I had the contention yesterday of, man, I read a lot of positivity after that LSU-Bama loss. Uh, again, LSU losing to Alabama. And it's almost like, oh, wow, they only lost by 14. That's a good thing. And to me... I think that's crazy talk. Why Why is it okay if LSU loses by 14 at Alabama? It's almost like, oh, wow, it's a moral victory. I'm like, well, if you're LSU, why should you be at that point? I mean, am I crazy or, or is or is the, the kind of the vibe around the team that, all right, we only lost by 14, so it was a good performance? I think the it, talking to the team itself, they realize that – there, there's no such thing as more victories, but they understand that they played better. And I think the difference is, and it kind of goes back to the game last year, was it, it was an execution issue and it was a game plan issue. But in a game that you were supposed to lose and you were widely expected to lose, you were a 21-point underdog, it's, it's then okay if you lose by 14 in a game where you missed four deep balls that could have changed the, the, the way the game is. So... I think that's why you saw it because it, it. I'll tell you what, it, it did have a different feel than some other Alabama losses, and I think the team kind of is planning on using this as a springboard for the rest of their season. Like, hey, like we're we're right there. We can play with with Alabama. We can play with the top team in the country when we're on our game, and I think that was the the reason for much of the positivity yesterday. Yeah, Andrew, I'll tell you, I, I, just reading Ron Higgins' column this morning kind yeah. of echoes what you just said, and I, and I agree 100%. In the past, there's always been a concern after the Alabama game, after a loss in particular, that there's going to be this letdown, this uh, hangover, if you will, and it's affected the team on the field. I don't get that sense this year. I, I get a sense more than anything that it's going to, like you said, springboard this team down the stretch, and I think they're going to be a very dangerous team uh, going into the bowl season? Well, first of all, this team has actually always bounced back well from losses under Ed Ogeron. Uh, they've now lost, I think, five games under Ed since he took over, um, and they've won the next game every time. So with, with this obviously being the fifth loss, so obviously they're 4-0. But they're ready, and I think yesterday you had – Devin White say that, you know, we, we had a different intensity level. Like, we all cranked it up a notch for Alabama. And the, what, what they thought was that, hey, if we can carry this through, we can, you know, 
we, we can do some damage. I mean, you're looking at a team who's going to face three consecutive coaches who could conceivably get fired, not even at the end of the year, probably at, depending on the result of each game. Um, you, you have Brett Bellim at Arkansas. You follow that up with Butch Jones at Tennessee. And then you have Kevin Sumlin at A&M. So you have coaches coaching for their jobs on the other side of the sideline. Uh, it's ripe for a a 9-3 and finish when I think if you would have said at the beginning of the year that this team was going to finish 9-3, and most fans would have gone ahead and take that with this year. Andrew Lopez covers LSU for NOLA.com and Tom Spickian joining us right here on Duncan Holder. Uh, Look, Chris Dabe wrote a story about how uh, what will it take for Miles Brennan to play over Danny Etling in this final three games? Um, in your, just what was Ed Ogeron's opinion on that? And uh, just in your eyes, what do you think it would take for Brennan to get in the game over Etling? Uh, you know, he, I know he missed some deep throws, but obviously you, you saw what Miles got in and Alabama just tried to basically take his head off and he, he did not look like he was ready for that moment. I've had a friend uh, text me pretty much every every bad throw that he has made this year uh, has has got at me on Twitter or texted me and said when are we gonna when are we gonna put uh, Miles in when are we gonna put Miles in we got to put the freshman in and I, t- I tell him every time Danny is your best chance to win games Danny is your best chance to win games he again uh, was was sending me these messages on Saturday and after Miles got in. After he saw what Alabama did to him, he goes, "Okay, I believe you. Uh, I won't. I won't send you messages anymore. My, Danny's our best chance to win." And I think that's what LSU fans need to realize: that Miles is the future. Either him or Lowell Narcisse are the future going forward. The future is not now. You still have a ten-win season to play for. You still have uh, to show you this offense can can perform for recruits. So. Danny is still the best guy to give you a chance to win. What will it take for Miles to have to start? Danny would have to have a complete regression. Um, and it's not just not hitting the deep ball. It's everything else that he does. When Danny threw that interception, this is what? This is their ninth game of the season. It was only his second interception of the year. And really his first real in-game interception. The first one comes. It's a, it's a, a deep ball throwaway against Troy that they're trying to go down the field and it's you know, 22 seconds or whatever it was. So uh, he's still the best option. Danny would have to miss all sorts of throws, not just the long. He would have to miss on screens. He would have to miss the short pass, uh, the things that he excels at. He, he would have to kind of get, you know, jittery feet in the pocket. There's a lot that would have to go wrong. In O's words, he would have to not execute the game plan uh, in order for, you know, LSU to go to miles in a, in a full situation. I tell you, Andrew, the one thing that stood out to me in the game against Bama, and it was the concern, I think, for a lot of people going in, it's been a huge mismatch in the past, and that is LSU's offensive line, which is playing a lot of young people going against that Alabama front seven, and I thought they held up fairly well, all things considered. I thought they competed well, and it wasn't this porous, complete one-sided domination, and I think that's got to be encouraging for Ed Ogeron, his staff, and for LSU fans going forward because there's a lot of young guys up there that have kind of been thrown to the fire, and certainly Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium was a baptism by fire. And I think you have to be encouraged with where they're going up front uh, with some of these young guys. You know, Alabama 
ended up sacking LSU quarterback six times. But I think three or four of those came in the fourth quarter when it was pretty apparent that LSU had to throw the ball deep. And two of those came against Miles Brennan when they were just sending guys. Uh, right before when Danny Etling's drive, they got knocked out. He got knocked down a couple times. So, But you, like you said, for the most part, they were steady the entire game. And, and that was a positive. They rushed you know, for, for 150-something yards. A lot of that comes on what Darrell Williams and Darius Geis do. Both of them rushed for over 70 yards. Obviously, Darrell got a big chunk of his on that one Wildcat play. Uh, you lost a lot of yards with your quarterback sacks, but they did it with without the trickery. The, I think the, the jet sweeps were like nine jet sweeps for 31 yards from the wide receivers. Uh, Darrell and Darius combined for over 150 yards themselves on the in the ground game. So you have to... Again, we go back to looking for positives. The way they played is definitely a positive for what was at one time a very shaky group for this LSU squad. Andrew Lopez, LSU beat writer for NOAA.com and the Times Picayune, joining us right here on Dunk and Holder. And you have a post up this morning. And look, once you get past Alabama, and you're not going to be really thinking about, all right, they're going to be LSU's in SEC title game contention. Uh, right. Now you're thinking of bowl projections, and you've got a post up where I think I've seen seven or eight bowls mentioned <laughs> within this bowl projection. What's the best bowl do you think they can get to? And I know Ron put LSU taking on <laughs> Troy in the New Orleans Bowl as a, as a bit of a, a, a funny little joke, but what's the best bowl you think they can get to, and what's the bowl that if they totally bottom out, what's the worst bowl they can go to? Well, and this is not my opinion. This is Bill Bender of the Sporting News' opinion. He still thinks that they can get to the Cotton Bowl, which is a New Year's Six Bowl, by winning out. And I think he's also predicting a lot of mass chaos on the other side of college football for for them to be able to sneak in right there for a team that's probably going to be 24-25 in the college football rankings tonight if they're not out of the college football rankings. Uh, Realistically, I think the best bowl they can get to would be the Citrus Bowl, which is where they were last year. Now, would the Citrus Bowl take them two years in a row? That remains to be seen. I don't think that they would, but that would be the best bowl you could get to. The way the SEC works, uh, after normally after the Sugar, but this year uh, after the, you, you take whoever makes it to the, the college football playoff, which I think will be Alabama and Georgia, then you kind of get to pick. The Citrus Bowl gets first pick, and then the next – five or six teams get put into a pool. The Citrus Bowl gets that first pick. I just don't know if they do pick LSU. I think the best bowl for them will be the Outback Bowl. And I think it's kind of funny because a lot of people changed their bowl projections this week from Outback to or the Citrus to knocking them down to the Tax Slayer Bowl, which used to be the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville or the, the Texas Bowl in Houston. Me, I never thought they were going to win this game. So my bowl projection hasn't changed. I still think this team finishes 9-3. and three, And I think I just changed the team that I think they're going to play. I like a, a Penn State matchup in the Outback Bowl. But I think if, if you bottom out completely, then you're looking at going to Texas for the Houston uh, – or, or going to Houston for the Texas Bowl or going to Nashville for the Music City Bowl. That's when you completely bottom out. Although if you completely bottom out, I think you have a bigger problems if you can't beat any of these next three teams. 
Andrew, switching gears real quick. Um, tomorrow, the early signing period for college basketball recruits uh, begins. What can we expect for Will Wade and his uh, basketball program? I know they've had a bunch of high-profile commitments. Uh, everybody going to sign this week coming up, or are people going to be putting things off? That was the expectation uh, before. We're actually about to go meet with, with Will Wade at LaBerge right now for his, his, his monthly luncheon. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk to him about that. But I, I believe the expectation is for everyone to, to sign tomorrow. That would be a, a big get. This is the kind of day that when you're in college basketball, you this is what's going to a lot of fans are going to see in college football. You want some of these guys to commit. You don't want, I mean, to sign. You don't want these guys to have to wait. And if Will Wade can get these three guys that he has committed right now, Nas Reed, Javante Smart and then Darius Days. If he can get those guys on the dotted line, that will help him get another guy down the road to fill out this class, another four or five star guy. He's he's swinging for the fences. This is a team who right now still has the best class in the SEC, number three class in the nation according to two four seven sports. So if if they can continue to to do what they're doing, I mean, it, the, the future's bright out there for LSU basketball. It's just a matter of getting these guys in right now. That's amazing. Number three committed class right now, out of nowhere, in his first go-round at LSU. That's impressive. Well, I just hope he, he keeps hasn't fans played a game long, around long enough this through, this, yeah, through this season because if the season goes into tubes, then it's like, uh, okay, I guess he's, <laughs> I guess we'll wait till next year. You but, sounded like Sean Payton there. Uh, no, this is more... That's more of the goat noise when you, when you you do a chameleon play and you hot, try to hide Tommy Lee Lewis. That didn't go so well, but that's all. That's another topic uh, for later on in the show. Andrew Lopez, LSU beat writer for NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Hey, Lopes, appreciate the time as always. No problem, guys. All right, that's Andrew Lopez. Let's switch gears here. Coming up on the other side of this break, and let's go to Jacksonville, the Jaguars. A long-time NOLA.com Times Union employee and now covering the Jacksonville Jaguars, John Reed will join us. We'll talk with him about Leonard Fournette, his good rookie season, and what on planet Earth happened last week where he was inactive. And then we'll talk with him about the job Doug Marone has done. Look, he's former offensive coordinator and offensive line coach with Sean Payton on his original staff. So uh, we will talk with him about that next here, Sports 1280. NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app with Duncan Holder. This is Duncan Holder on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Duncan Holder. And our next guest is so impressed that we actually have a producer for our show. I love it. John Reed remembers us just from the good old days of me and Jeff just being total schlubs. And, John, we're still total schlubs. Yeah, we're so, still slow. Let's not get so, carried away so here. So don't, 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 don't think we've, we've stepped up in major class, even though Dave, our producer, takes good care of us. How you doing, my I friend? Good to talk ready. to you. He took, I took my secret, I asked I'm doing good, guys. Good to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, but, of course, yeah, long-time Hornets and Pelicans writer for us here at NOLA.com and the Times Speaking Union now at the Jacksonville Times Union covering still New Orleans ties uh, with Leonard Fournette. Uh, first off, before we get into the the wackiness that happened uh, putting him inactive, just 
What has your thoughts been on him? Obviously, he's high profile, and he's been, uh, at least offensively, the driving force on that offense to get Jacksonville up to 5-3 and three this year. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Larry. <laughs> he's been everything that everyone in Jacksonville expected, especially Tom Coughlin. I mean, first thing he said when they drafted him, that they needed playmakers and um, – Guys, he can get in the end zone, and he's had seven touchdowns, six rushing, which is the most in franchise history after six games that he's played. And uh, just his physical presence, I mean, he's, I mean, he's just been a guy who just, you know, you, you look at watching in the games, he, he initiating contact, he's got the vision. I mean, everything you guys seen in LSU, he transferred that over to the pro game. I mean. You know, there was some situations in, in training camp where that they they have, you know, it's kind of odd to see someone of his caliber, I mean, caliber playing backup. To, but uh, you know, they worked that out in week one. But uh, man, he's just been a, a work guy that's worked hard. The guys in the locker room accepted him. They don't treat him like a, a rookie, and. Um, you know, I, I I foresee big things for this kid, man. I mean, he's he's been everything here. John, so so what happened Sunday? I mean, I know the the report was that uh, he missed a team photo. It sounded like there were some other reports said he missed a treatment, uh, maybe some kind of workout. Uh, have you all been able to get to the bottom of that? And do you think that's just Doug Marone sending a message to his young star that uh, keeping him kind of on the straight and narrow? It's definitely a message. I mean, there's no question about Doug Morrow. I mean, he's not going to have anybody as good as Leonard Fernetti is. Everybody got to conform to the team rules. But he, but he did miss the photo shoot um, during the bye week, and he missed the mandatory treatment appointment for his sprained ankle on, on Tuesday of that week. But he practiced the whole time, and our understanding is that they knew all along that he wasn't going to play. But they, you know. Whatever was happening, they didn't release it to like about an hour or so before kickoff. But that was their discretion. But uh, I mean, you know, Leonard is 22 years old, man, and he's a situation where he's got young kids, and I think he's been going back and forth to New Orleans a lot, and I, and I think that's one of the things he has to work out as a as a rookie, man. You got to you know separate the family from the business side, and I think that's one of the things that he. He definitely learned from that because he hadn't played since week six. And this, you know, that was the second week in a row he didn't play against Indianapolis because of the ankle injury. But uh, I, I think there's something, it's not nothing that's foreseen to be a problem ahead or anything like that. I just thought they, they sat him down. There was a lesson learned. And I think um, he understood what that message was. He's not going to get any special privileges. And, uh, and they go forward from there. John Reed of the Jacksonville Times Union. So weird to say that right here on Duncan Holder. Uh, of course, a long time Noel.com <laughs> Times picking Yeah, it's so weird to say that. Uh, I'm, I'm used to asking you about Anthony Davis or Chris Paul or anybody like that. So so uh, wild to, to hear you. But you, Doug Marone, look, a lot of people thought that hire was just kind of like, what What are they doing? What has Doug Marone kind of done? Um, to to kind of get that job, and I, you got to give him all kinds of credit, g- considering uh, how the, this team was perceived and Blake Bortles at quarterback. Look, it, it seems like 
he's kind of got a good handle on this things. And also, might as well throw in there, look, Tom Coughlin, I mean, added, putting those two together seems like they've worked pretty well together. Yeah, you might as well ask me a question on the Pelicans, because I think that's what they need to do. I mean, they brought a guy <laughs> in with experience, Tom Coughlin. He went out and got a coach that, you know, most coaches probably wouldn't accept the situation where you have someone like Tom Coughlin walking the practice field and going over every little nuance that, that Coach Marone does, but you know, I mean, it's all about winning here, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a situation here where the fan base is, I mean, it's <laughs> been a long wait, and uh, they came up with this this plan, and, you know, they have a coach who doesn't mind being maybe even second-guessed at times that this is the way that we should do things, and they coordinated this plan, and uh, from day one since I've been there, man, it's, all, it's, it's been about, you know, playing physical, running the ball, taking the pressure off of Blake Bortles, and um, getting getting just, just taking a part of being physical. I mean, they had some um, problems up on the offensive line in training camp. I mean, Cam Robinson's come in. He's, I mean, if it wasn't for Leonard Fournette, I mean, I think that he would be the guy that a lot of people would be saying how – you know, quickly he's emerged as a rookie. But, um, you know, I mean, there's nothing complicated about what they do. They they churn yards out. They they pass when they have to. And they went out in pre-agency and um, really went and got people like Calias Campbell and guys like that and just add some veterans in with some young talent. And right now they're 5-3. and three. But uh, I, I really think Tom Coughlin is, is, has, has been vital what this team has done because I think the plan was formulated in January when they made the change with the coaching and they, and they, they sat down and they said we're going to be this football team who's going to, you know, we need a featured back, we need a good offensive line and they went out and got Leonard Fournette as a fourth overall pick and, 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 and you know, everything is pretty much fell in place other than some, some injuries but uh I mean, Coach Marone has is, is just been that type of coach, man. He's been a guy who, um, you know, he, he, no nonsense, as I said earlier, but just relying on physical football play and relying on things to, to, to get it done. Whether you're a rookie or third-year vet or, or free agent or, or whatever, if you can play, he's going to play you. So that's that's what it's been here. <laughs> John Reed of the Jacksonville Times Union covering the Jaguars and, of course, Leonard Fournette. Hey, John, appreciate it as always, my friend. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll definitely have to get you back on down the line. So, our number one is up. Thanks, JR. Yep, our number two is on the way. We'll talk Saints coming up in the next couple segments. Also, we'll talk Pelicans uh, later on in our number two as well. So, come on back. Sports1280NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. Duncan Holder. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.